podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wednesday afternoon, my name's Kevin Graham and welcome to your Axon Bulletin. I hope everybody is still is keeping cool in this heat wave that the radio are actually telling us it is now over. I don't think they're here and I don't think they're anywhere. But lads, as usual, on a Wednesday I'm joined by Brian and James. Brian, how are you getting on? I'm very well, mate. Um, I just about survived the, the 40 degrees down here yesterday and... Uh, in the, the South England, so um, that was brilliant, but I was being very cocky about it in the morning, I was like, it's only a bit of sun, what are we whining about? And then I walk and I, to the corner shop and I come back, and you think I'd run a marathon. <laughs> so I was a bit, of a, a bit of a sweaty mess yesterday, if I'm honest, so I feel a little brighter today, um, but I, oh, sun's always a bit, a bit dangerous for a guy as pale as me, a peely wally uh, sally, because I'm always liable to just burst into flames like a vampire if I go in the sun too long, so so, um, it's cooled a bit today, so so all good, Kev. Anything like like a sweaty mess, James. I've, I'm a sweaty mess the majority of the times, and that's that's a foot actually been in a heat wave. Eh? I think it's just I think it's just part of life being Scottish, mate. Uh, it's just though we didn't get nice hot weather. We get so humid and clammy. It's, it's like disgustingly hot, and that's just a, a normal hot Scottish day. This is this is the hottest day on record. In the UK history, so I'm just glad I survived it. I know, I come on. I, I, there, 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 there's a bit of like over exaggeration with folks surviving it in that, eh? but there is a serious thing that is going back. But hey, just just didn't be daft, just didn't do daft things, and like you'll be fine actually in the sun. There's quite a few E's online, a couple of hundred already, so go, go and please hit the be like and subscribe button if you haven't actually done that. Um, and what I'm going to do, lads, I'm, I'm going to actually entertain you for about 30, 40 seconds, right? I've got a wee silly and surreal poem 
that I'm going to do for you. And the gaffer has says that I'm allowed to do it. So just bear with me. Please hit like the new because you might not like it after this poem. So if you're going to hit like, do it just now and you can switch off after I've done this wee silly and surreal poem, which is not to be taken seriously, lads. Eh? Please don't take it seriously. It's called Pie in the Sky. My wife is upstairs parking for a holiday in the sun. I'm downstairs panicking, thinking about going on the run. I'm trying to phone the bank for them to give me a loan when I tell them the reason I need the cash. Surely I won't be alone because I went to Celtic Park on Saturday and bought a parkade pie. Now my overdraft has toppled over, took its last breath and died. It'll be worse when I take the wains because they want burgers, chips and juice. And that's got me thinking what organs I could lose. There's a man in Albania who wants my lung and liver all because I want to buy my wains a football half-time dinner. Centre plate celebrate and rub their hands with greed. Contactless and cashless, pocket and profits they didn't need. Celtic say they're blameless for a contract they did award. Excuses like a broken record and no a living wage in sight. Both parties found guilty as they sneak into the night. But please, please, please didn't boycott as the employees are no the enemy within. Just email and protest and let the revolution begin. There you go, lads. A, 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 a wee bit of... Don't uh, take that seriously, boys. That was just a wee bit of fun, oh, but... Uh, I everybody saw that the, the cost of a parkied pie <laughs> at the weekend, eh? so aye, I just thought I would have a wee bit of fun with that. Eh? There, James, you met Johnny Hayes last night. What was he saying? I said to him, I was like, I cheered for the goal at Ibrox, I got a wee smile at him. So it's, it's clear he's still got good memories of Celtic. It was just it was nice meeting a Celtic, a nice Celtic player. Brian, I always think Johnny Hayes uh, is the type of guy who would answer the question, what is your favourite Rebel song, eh? He would Aye, tell yeah. you, eh? Aye, he'd probably sing it for you as well, to be honest. Um, I always loved Johnny Hayes as a player. I thought um, I thought he was just one of those guys um, that just gave absolutely everything for the, the team all the time. You always knew you were getting. Um, he might have been limited ability at times, but I thought a, a good player that, that would run through a war for Celtic and I always like having guys like that in the squad. Uh, and by all accounts, I lovely dude as well. So, so uh, I fair play to James. Good you got to meet him. Aye. Um, did, did you actually go into Fourth Bank to watch Aberdeen against Stirling Albion? Did you uh, go on or did you just hang out outside to get your picture took with Johnny Hayes? Unfortunately, I was on the ground. <laughs> I finished work at 7, went straight to the ground for the game at quarter to eight and it was 5 nil Aberdeen at half time. So <laughs> that said all about the game. How did Liam Scales play? He came on the second half. I thought it was actually really good. He was winning a lot of the aerial jobs. He was he was playing as a centre half, I'm pretty sure, but he was getting to the left-hand side a lot. I don't know if it's just because we were playing against Still and Albion and they were just, every player was just sort of free-roaming the park, but I thought it was pretty good. And there you go. I think some of the, have you seen the picture on Twitter of the Aberdeen fans that had that banner of no more Celtic loans? I don't know what they're getting at there, eh? Uh, I, re- I really don't know what they're getting I'm sure at there. Right, would be thankful to get a loan player off the Champions, you would think. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Adam Montgomery didn't really work last year, but then Aberdeen were a bit of a mess when uh, uh, when 
when he went up there, Brian. Eh? So I'm not. Go- I'll be interesting to see how Montgomery gets on at St. Johnson. Uh, it will be. Um, just on the Aberdeen thing, I can I get I get their point. I think their point is they want to have their own homegrown players and develop their own players and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, they want to do that while playing expansive football, while finishing second or, or third in the league every year. And it's you know what I mean. It, it's one of those weird things. It's like I can ad- part of me sort of it almost admires them for the ambition, but it, I think it's misdirected uh, in terms of the um, Montgomery. Yeah, it'll be good to see how it gets on. I think that I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of players for this particular Celtic team going to the other SPL clubs because I just feel like they don't train and play the same way we do, so I'm not sure how much it's going to benefit them. However, I think for guys like Montgomery, it's good because he will be under a lot of pressure at St. Johnson to defend, and that's an aspect of the game I think he had to work on. So hopefully it does well. Um, I, I, it needs to be seen how they, how they do if him and Scales can come back to Celtic and, and forge a career um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes long term I'm a wee bit as you know a wee bit cynical about loan moves and I think sometimes barring a few exceptions when players go on loan I kind of think that's that's they need to they need to really do something spectacular um, for us to take them in so unless two of them are in the the season's best 11 I'm not sure they're going to come back and walk into the Celtic side. Monty comes in. Monty, a, a regular contributor there as James gets up to shut his window. Uh, Monty well, comes in and says... The car alarm going outside. The car alarm going outside. Uh, James, uh, Monty actually says, Christie did okay for Aberdeen. I think Ryan Christie... The motion of Ryan Christie's career was his spell at Aberdeen and how he pushed on at Celtic, James. Eh? So for us, we're looking for Liam for a complete and utterly selfish point of view. We're looking for Liam Scales to do well. Uh, I just hope he'll get a chance at centre-back because that's that's where I think he would be better, better placed because I don't think he was as good as he could have been at left-back and there's better options at Celtic than McGregor, Taylor and Bernabe. So if he could provide some competition at centre-back and maybe even push for a starter one day with the one spell at Aberdeen, then that's all I can really ask for. That is all you can really ask for. Eh? Um, before we move on, I'm not going to move on. Ian McLear comes in to say that my poet is awful. Uh, Daniel Brown comes in and says it's cringy. Uh, Paul McGurk gives me a couple of wee laughing emojis and a clap. And, and Niall the Punk says, brilliant, Kevin. So there you go, I've divided opinion right away. I love dividing opinion. It's really it's really the right reason why I'm here. Uh, this is maybe no one for James, but I'm actually going to take it to Brian first. 21 years ago today, Bobo Baldy signed for Celtic. What's your memories of the big man? I just always remember that Bobo's going to get you. He's been one of my favourite ever chants. And it just, it was like one of those chants that's quite smart, as well as being funny, because it really is indicative of the fear he struck into opponents. I mean, I always just think that if you were a striker, a silky striker, running towards like Bobo, you would think twice. And I think he's probably the last, I would say, real sort of dominant, aggressive, powerful centre-back we've had, actually. Um, the Big Bang would never fit into today's Celtic team because he was hopeless with the ball at his feet, to be fair. But he's one of those guys that you knew you were getting and he just, as I say, I think, I, I wouldn't say he was a cult hero because he was very successful, but he's just one of the guys you kind of had to love because you knew you were getting. Even, Watson all, you knew you were getting and you could always guarantee he would, he would 
put himself about. I love the story Scott Brown told about him before he, I think Scott Brown before he came to Celtic, it was his last game for Hibs, and um, Bobo absolutely done him and booted him right in the chest, and um, and then claimed that I think he got, I think I can't remember if he got sent off or he got a yellow card, but Bobo was going off his nut, and um, Scott Brown turned up for Celtic training, and Bobo pulled him up for it. <laughs> he says, you dive, you dive, you dive. Scott Brown's like, ah, I've still got the stud marks in my chest, big man. What are you talking about? You nearly killed me. So I just, uh, I, I, I love that. Uh, big man was a class act. They had this kind of sad, a slightly sadder end, obviously, to his career at Celtic with Gordon Stratton coming in and we Gordon did they fancy him. Um, and it was kind of the same for for Sutton and, and kind of Hartson as well. The, the old guard kind of moved on quite quickly. So um, that was a wee bit sad, but, but brilliant player and um, great for Celtic, loved them. James, what's your memories of Bobo? Uh, you would have just, you would have been a Wayne, right? Enough, just uh, when when he signed for Celtic. Um, he, he's a player that you wouldn't see today. I don't think. I, I don't think he would have suit the modern day today, James. Eh? Yeah, modern day, everybody's got to be able to work with the ball, the ball their feet. Especially, I think defender positions have changed the most as well. We've just got to look at the fullbacks. It's all about attacking for fullbacks now. We still need to be able to defend, but it's all about attacking. On Bobo, um, I've got the top for, I think it was the season after the UEFA Cup final, I've got Bobo Baldi on the back, even though I've never watched them play. So, But you, you obviously hear the stories that everybody tells about Bobo Baldi because there's so many, and the Bobo's going to get you some just been passed in for everybody. And it's just, it's, it's, it'll strike fear into the opponents as well. When, when the fans are singing it, if you're coming up against a team that doesn't really know too much about Celtic, I've got the fans belting that out there. It's just, uh, I'll make them a wee bit scared. Definitely. Uh, Paul Byrne, I don't know if it's the Paul Byrne that played for Celtic. Uh, when we played Juve, you realised he was twice the size of Tiram. Uh, he was, he was some, he was some lumpy a laddie. And he was quite athletic, actually, Brian. He could actually shift as well. And he had these sort of long telescopic legs that uh, sometimes did actually have a rash challenge. Let's not beat about the bush here. Um, Sean Barlow, Bobo chasing loving cans a length of Hamden and cruising him in the corner, crushing him in the corner. And Juan Douglas, we were never fearful of conceding a corner with that Celtic team. That's true, that. So good, mem- good memories of big Bobo. Now, we're going to get kind of serious for a moment before we actually go on and talk about... Um, the, the two new signings, as the tagline actually says, and um, the game t- tonight, after Boric's tribute game tonight, we're going to bring in Michael, who's going to talk about the drive that he's got to collect football tickets in memory of his son who committed suicide at 18 years old. Michael is a Sunderland fan, I think, Paul's actually said to me, so I'm just going to add him to the stream. Michael, welcome to our Celtic State of Mind, how are you? Hello, good evening, everybody. It's good to see you all. Oh, good afternoon, rather. Um, I'm not too bad at the moment, thanks very much. Not too bad. But um, like you say there, um, just still grieving due to the, the death of our son, Harvey, who is only 18. Um, he took his life about seven months ago now. So um, um, it's hard to for anybody to imagine really what we're going through. Um, but we want to do a lot of positives in his name, which a lot of people are doing anyway. But separately for myself, we want to create a charity in his name. We haven't got quite the name as yet, <clears throat> excuse me. So we're just getting the basics in. 
now reached out to a lot of people via social media, uh, Twitter, uh, such as yourself. Has anybody got any old football boots um, they don't need or new ones? Any old kit? Send them in. Send them in because we're going to use them as like a burrow bin. Because I'm sure like where you're from and where I'm from and everywhere, there's a lot of poverty and a lot of kids can't afford to play football, whether it's the subs or whether it's um, obtaining football boots. And my son, he hated that. He couldn't get his head around the fact that kids couldn't play football because of that. So my son would give his boots away when he's when he outgrown them to the next person. And this is and this is what the charity is about. It's about caring, it's about giving, it's about looking after local communities. So I've got a really big drive on doing this. I've got a big team helping me. But like I said, at the moment, it's just reaching out to anyone. Um, even some of his favourite bands have sent designed vinyl, to raffle. So things that we can't use that will raffle to funds for the, the charity. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, I think the first game at, at Sunderland is against Coventry and we're having a, a drop-off point for boots. So any Sunderland or any Coventry fans... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Have any spare boots that can drop them off at the Beacon of Light, which is next, next to Sunderland Football Ground, so, which is amazing. So there's a lot of people that want to help get on board. But we're soon, hopefully within the next next two weeks, we'll have a name for the charity, uh, obviously a registered number uh, and a bank account. And that and that will sort of get us, get us flowing as well. So, yeah, so it's exciting times ahead. Very busy. It gives me a lot of focus, but at the same time, it gives me a lot of comfort as well doing that, if, if I'm honest. So, yeah. It's one thing that we get told very often, Michael, uh, about this bulletin that it helped a lot of people during lockdown. Um, and it was something that started when, when lockdown started and the amount of messages that we actually get saying that it has helped people's mental health. So what you're actually speaking about there is a, is a, is a, a cause that we hold very dear to our heart and at a Celtic state of mind here. Your son Harvey, I mean, obviously I'm a father myself, I, I can't understand what you're going through, but I do empathise with you. I mean, he sounds a kind-hearted soul that he would give his football boots to other people. And it is very expensive to play football nowadays. And you see it, my, my, my nephew Derry, I mean, his, his mum, a single mum, it was 40 quid a month. For, for him to actually go and play with his local side. And it's a, it's meant to be a working class sport. And so and kids are now getting priced out of it, Michael, eh? Yeah, and do you know what? There's talent out there's a lot of talent out there on our doorstep and yet they can't play football. You, you don't you could be, be the next, you know, Ryan Christie, you know, in your case, or in me it could be could be the next Kevin Phillips. 
you know, or defend. I'm a big defender fan, see, personally. So I like defenders like old school, like Vinnie Jones, Julian Dix, Tony Adams. Some of these players you might not have heard of, <laughs> some as well. Um, but that's me. But these players, these players could be out there now, but they can't afford that, thir- that 30, 40 quid a month subs to pay or a pair of boots. And you all want the best boots and the best boots mm-hmm. cost money, you know, at the same time. So it's, it's something, something that needs to be done. But by doing this, it's helping. But getting people together, whether it's boys or whether it's girls or whether it's disabled people, it's it's getting them together. And it ain't just about playing football. Like you said, it's a mental health aspect. It's more about connecting, talking to each other. Where are you from? Oh, hello. And, and this is what we want. You know, this is what we want. It's all about that as well. And yeah, kicking a ball at the same time. Definitely, Brian. Eh? We, we we we've spoke about mental health on this on our bulletin and other bulletins plenty of times, eh? And it's something that we will always try and highlight. And as Michael says, it is about talking. And we've always says that anybody in the comments and that we've got a great wee community in the comments and that is here. And what we'll do, Michael, is we'll get a link to for if anybody wants to send you boots. Bit, bits of equipment and we'll keep everybody updated when you get the bank account and that up and running. I'm sure we'll do do work with you to actually raise funds for Har- Harvey's charity. Brian, it's something that we always say that you need to talk about and this is, that we, we really enjoy it. And I'm not going to mention the contributors, but there is contributors on here that we've helped who themselves and the reason they come on a Celtic state of mind was to improve their mental health in the place where they were during lockdown. And that's what we're here for as well, because it is good to just come on and have a blather, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. is. And, and the, the, the key the key thing is is talking. Um it, it's it's okay to not be okay. I know that's a bit of a slogan now, but it is and and you talk about football being a working class sport for working class boys and, and girls and a chance for people to connect and it's so important especially if people have had such a period of isolation. Um, and, and I just think anything um, that, that draws attention to that is key. And, and Michael, I think, you know, it's incredibly brave of you to do this in the name of your son. And I, and I commend you wholeheartedly. It's, as I say, I'm a father as well. And um, I think you're incredibly brave. And I think it's such a good cause. And I, and I know for a fact there'll be so many people that watch this, that watch other podcasts, that, that hear about it. It'll be delighted to contribute. So, so God bless you and your family. Thank, thank you, thank you for your kind words. Thank you very much. They are they are very comforting. Thank you very much, James. You, you're one of the younger generations that's on Axom as well. Eh? Uh, me, me and Brian are talking from it. Well, I'm going to say I'm a middle aged man. Brian probably only class himself as a middle aged man. But you, you, you're a young lad. And it seems to be affecting young lads even more. There was Harvey, who was only 18, and James, you're 20, or you just turned 21. I've almost your 21st birthday. Whatever. I'm 18. You're 18? Oh, you're 18. There you go. Um, so you were the same age as Harvey, but it seems to be more and more, unfortunately, more and more common in, in, in lads your age, James, eh? Yeah, I've had friends that have opened up to me, and the weight off their shoulders that they get just from speaking to someone is tremendous. So... If anybody in the chat who's suffering from mental health, the best advice I can give you is to talk to someone. The weight you'll get off your shoulders and you, you're not going to be a burden to them either. You don't want to feel like a burden for just talking to someone. Make sure to speak to people. 
Mm-hmm. Michael, um, I mean, you're obviously quite busy with the charities and that. You're, you're getting an awful lot of love in the comments. Scotty comes in and says, God bless Harvey. Uh, sold for a pound. So sad, mates. Fought with you and your family. Drew comes in and says, God bless. Paul Mack, God bless as well. FTB, Michael, pray, God bless you and your family as well. There's hundreds of messages coming in uh, showing support. So you will get a lot of love and support from that from the Axon community, mate. Um, what, what, what's your overall plans with the charity? You're just going to see where it goes and just see how, what, how much good you can do for the local community in, in your area or do you want to be at national? Yeah, I'm not too sure at the minute, to be honest. It's all based around Harvey. Harvey was a very caring young lad, like I say. He used to give his boots away and stuff. He always wanted to play football. So our aim is to get kids into football, you know. If they can't afford the subs, then we may be able to help with that once the charity gets running. You know, if they haven't got boots, we can lend them boots. Um, so, yeah, who knows where it goes. It, 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 it could it could take off, you know. It's, we've got some ideas, especially locally. Harvey, <clears throat> excuse me. Harvey uh, went to university in, in Exeter and he played for a local team there uh, called Exeter Exeter Royals. Uh, you can get them on Twitter, Exeter Royals. And they have done wonders for Harvey. And I mean wonders. This season, they're changing their kit to red and white stripes in honour of Harvey in Sunderland. Got four Harvey on the back of the shirt. They've got the A team, the, the Broken Hearts on the badge. Uh, they're doing a skydive in his name. They're doing wonders. Um, up here, I'll be giving out trophies to his, his local grassroots team. So there's a lot of positive stuff going on. And these things will happen every year. Um, there's a museum here called the Arthur Wharton Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, which you may or may not have heard. Arthur Wharton was the first black player to play for Sunderland. Uh, sorry, Darlington. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they've got a big trophy in his honour. And inside there, they've got Harvey's name printed on the wall. And that's permanently there, which is lovely. So it's a nice place to go and reflect. Um, this place is letting us store any boots that we get or kits. Because obviously, if we get a lot, we need a bigger place. And it's letting us store it there. So we're going to work with him going forward. Uh, but going back to what you said, excuse me, I do talk a lot. Going back to what you said, um, it's probably going to start start locally. Start where he lives, Darlington, and then we'll just see where it goes. From there. His favourite team was Sunderland. You know, I've got a lot of contacts up there as well. We're helping out, so it may spread there. Who knows? But the minute we want local kids here, where he's from, to, to get to play football, boy, girl, disabled, no barriers. Just here's some boots, here's some kits. You know, get on. I've had a, a lot of a lot of donations. It's from the general public on Twitter. I've had uh, donations from Tom White, who's a Sky Sports presenter. He sent me a load of stuff. Um, you know, there's people from Sunderland, just the general public, just sending me boots and just to use and, and, and stuff to sell. If I can't use it, obviously, I'll raffle it for for the charity. So, yeah, lo- at first locally. And if it, if it expands in, that's, that's great. 
It's brilliant. What we'll do, uh, what we'll do, Michael, is when you get the the there's a lot of people in the in the comments asking how can they donate. So when you get the bank account and that set up, we'll 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 make sure that we publicise it where people can donate. If you're in the Darlington area or, or the the Sunderland area and you can get along, drop the books uh, drop the books off. As I say, as I say, Michael, we we will we'll guarantee that we'll promote it for you. And thank you for coming on a Celtic State. I mean, I've just got to ask you. I've got to ask you. Football question to maybe kind of lighten the mood. Aidan Magidi, what's your thoughts on Aidan Magidi being a Sunderland fan? Yeah, I, I, if we, yeah, he done well. He, great free kicks. When we got him, I was so excited. Brilliant, you know. I thought he done well. I thought he had a dodgy season, but um, overall, I liked him. Yeah, but I, I thought Pulley was ready to go. You know, he's gone to high, high burning, I believe. He's went to hubs, yes, I. I, I did like I did like him as a player. He, he was great. Watching him live, he was them, he was so quick on them feet, especially for League One. You know, you're talking League One here, not Remini. So for League One, he, he was he was brilliant. His feet was great. He scored some great goals. He, I think it's just his injuries held him back. I think you know, and then I think he fell out with Lee Johnson at some point. We think uh, where he didn't play for a while, um, but then I heard he, obviously he's left to go to High Burning with Lee Johnson. Uh-huh. So we'll see how that goes, but um, I think that could be a, a not not bad signing. I don't think so. I think for him, uh, I mean, keep keep him fit, keep him fit. He'd be all right. Brian, uh, do you think Aidan McGeady fulfilled his potential? And I, I, I didn't mean that in disrespect to Sunderland. There, I just mean for the way that he broke into the Celtic side and then the move to Spartak Moscow. It's hard to say. It's hard to grade what you see success, right? So, if I was in McGeady and I played for Celtic and then went to Russia and played for Everton and Sunderland and had a football career and made a lot of money, I would say I'm very successful, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at the potential he had compared to where he might have been, it, I, I mean, I remember him well I, I, and I got to know him when he played for Celtic and I, I actually thought he was a lovely guy. He might have a bad rep, but actually a lovely guy and he had so much talent and you just wonder if it was the you know, the, the moves he made, it never quite worked out because I mean, even when he went to Everton, it seemed like he was almost a bit bad player at times. And I think he's maybe, it was, I don't know if it was an attitude thing or a, a training thing or, or whatever, but so I don't think in terms of where he could have went based on his potential, it, it was maybe a success, but you can't say he's not had a successful career, if that makes sense. It'll be interesting, James, to actually see how he does at Hibs, eh? Yeah, I was at the Bonnie Rig Rose Hibs game at the weekend. I saw him oh. miss the penalty. He was getting jeers for the fans the entire time. So I don't know if that was what put him off, but uh, I, hope, I hope he does well at Hibs. As long as he does the score against us, then. As long as he does the score against Celtic, I hope he does the, he play well against everybody else, bar, everybody, <laughs> bar Celtic. Michael, uh, we'll let you get going, but thank you very much for being brave and coming on. And we'll leave the last word to Lubo Maestro. Good luck, Sunderland. Do it for Harvey. Michael, thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll be in contact again, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, anything, I'll, I'll be in touch. No problem. Cheers, guys. Take thank care. you, Michael. Cheers. Everybody will put will put the details in, in in the show notes and on our social media and that and and uh, please if you can if you can help out Michael and help out Harvey's charity please 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 actually do it. Now lads, we've signed two guys in the space of ten minutes yesterday. The Celtic the, the Celtic um, 
social media team didn't half have their work out yesterday. So I think we'll, we'll start talking about Aaron Moy first. And there's been a split down the middle of the Aaron Moy camp. Some takes have been completely ludicrous and other ones have been very, very sensible. There seems to be two camps. There's one camp who thinks he's a setting coming a willow flood. And there's another camp who actually believe that he's the best thing to come out of Australia since in excess released kick in the late in the late 80s. James, where do you sit on the Aaron Moy signing? You you sound like I like this entertaining guy, but I'm sitting right in the middle, <laughs> right in the fence. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about it because um I would have rather we signed a younger player. I'd be lying if I didn't say that, but when he was at Brighton, when he was at Huddersfield, I thought he was a very impressive player. He was very highly rated. And unless his standards have gone massively in this two or three years over in China, then he can still be a first-team ready player for Celtic. And he can still be a challenger, and if not, start for Celtic. And that's just exactly what you're looking to sign. But as I said, I would have added someone younger. And we've said in the podcast over the last few weeks that we need a powerhouse, a Winyama-type player. So I think Aaron Moy is a good player, he's a good signing, but I don't know if it's what I wanted. I, th- I think, uh, Brian, I think a lot of the negativity comes with there's a realization eventually that we get every that we get every summer that we're no going to get everything that we want. And we're not going to make maybe that push on to be a Champions League team, whatever that whatever that push on's got to be. We've got something in our head that we needed six players. We've got something in our head that we need four players in maybe the calibre of Cameron Vickers, Cameron Vickers and Jota. Then we get to a point, every transfer window when we realise that kick-on's not going to happen. And I think that's where a lot of the negativity came from for Aaron Moy not against Aaron Moy the player, just the realisation of the financial restrictions that the club are putting on the manager or the other financial a, restrictions that they were actually working with him. I think it's a really good signing uh, I, um, I don't really I, I sort of understand a wee bit people's disappointment I just don't agree with it, if that makes sense it feels like when it's say it's Christmas morning and you've got 10 presents to open and you want a PlayStation and the first present you open is a pair of trainers or a pair of slippers and you're raging and you start, I just wanted a PlayStation and you're stubborn about the house. You've not addressed the presents yet. We've still got plenty of time in the transfer window just because we've got Aaron Moy doesn't mean we're not going to get another player in. And I think the, the other thing to consider is I don't think there's any way he's been signed as a, as a defensive midfielder have been craving. I think he signed this. I mean, if you look at it, we've lost Rogic, we've lost, we've lost Beaton. So now I think now we've replaced Rogic with Moy, and I still think we'll look to replace Beaton. So I think we need to just take a second, a wee bit, and, and just sort of wait. There's plenty of time. In terms of him as a player himself, um, if you look at it right, he's not going to cost us all. Well, he's not cost us any money. He's not going to cost a lot of money in wages. He knows Ange. He knows how Ange plays and trains. So he's going to slot straight in. On ability-wise, he's a very, very good footballer. He's still got, you know, a, a, a real strong range of passing. In fact, probably outside of um, Celtic, he's probably still going to be the best or one of the best passers in the league. I don't think he's going to start every week. I think he's probably an option in the bench. And to be honest, I'd say that I think it was either last week or on Friday, 
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. In mid-Q3, it's going to be, say, McGregor, Hitati, O'Reilly. I think that's probably the strongest three. Then I think Turnbull could come in and out for there. But other than that, it's a bit of a drop with Idiguchi and McCarthy. So I think if, you know, O'Reilly comes off for um, Moy and Hitati comes off for Turnbull, I think that's quite a strong bench to have and a good option. So I can't really see any sort of massive downside to it. Um, I'm not you know, going to get Moy printed in the back of my T-shirt, but at the same time, I think it's a good piece of business. I think it's sensible. I think he knows the manager. He knows how we play. He's, he's a good footballer, and he doesn't cost us anything. I, I can't see the, the downside, personally. Um, so I was a bit surprised with the division it caused. I think it's just the fact that maybe we were expecting some sort of, you know, midfield destroyer, but there's nothing to suggest we're not going to get that. James, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to bring in Paul Byrne again here, eh? and I will bring in that comment that I brought up with my steak afterwards. Actually, uh, I think that shows if Celtic identify. I think it shows if Celtic identify that calibre of player, they will spend the money. It's not their fault if they can't get them, then move for option two. If you're looking at it sensibly and from a football point of view and you, dist- and, and you extract all the emotion from the signing, one thing I thought about was it maybe looks like the long-term option that we wanted for a centre de- defensive midfielder is not there or the club is not willing to take the gamble on it. It's not there this window and the club's maybe having a look at other options, younger options, maybe 18, 19, to try and integrate into the squad. And Arne Moy presented himself as, in Arne Postacoglu's eyes, as a low-risk guy that he knows what he's going to get, the same as he knew what he was going to get with Kyogo and Atari, etc. and Maeda. I think if you, if you take the emotion out the sign and you have to look at it that way. I don't think there's any other way that you can look at it that longer term we will address that position, but in the short term, Ange's went for a safe option and the yeah. clubs went for a safe option. 
there, there's no sort of risk or gamble to it either because we've got him on a free transfer and he's a good player. So surely the, the signs are pointing to that it should work out. I think just a lot of the frustration from some fans comes from the fact that, oh, we're linked for two weeks with Vinicius Sosa, tall, massive, Brazilian guy, 23 years old, the sort of player that a lot of fans have been crying out for us to sign for four or five years, and then we've ended up with Aaron Moy. That's not me trying to say that Aaron Moy's a bad player, but it's just the calibre of the two players. They're both different types of players. Aaron Moy's a smaller player, Vinicius Sosa's absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. It is... Moy's not a glamorous, sexy signing that us fans crave, or some fans actually crave Brian A. And I think that's sometimes a problem. You've got the football, the football manager's scouting system that's out there. And I noticed your tweet this morning about football cards, guys judging signings and football cards and the football managers, which is utterly bizarre. I'll, I'll judge Aaron Moy and what he does in a Celtic jersey. And Absolutely. I said that about Ange Postacoglu as well. I'll judge him what he done as a Celtic manager. I don't care what he's done before. I just want to. I just care what he'll actually do in a Celtic jersey. And I'm more than willing to actually welcome him. But I, there is part of me, part of me, quite not disappointed. Disappointed? No, no the road. This well, I shrug my shoulders. Gone. Aye. Well, this is what Celtic do. Maybe the boss has changed, but the old boss is still there. We are, we are, we are always going. To, we are always going to have a budget, and we're never going to go across that budget. And we are just going to make sure that we've got enough to win the Scottish League, and hope that become a greater sum than our parts and do well in Europe. But then, saying that, Brian, saying that, our main rivals are a team that got to a European final. So we've got to compete with them. And if they can get to a European final, we've got to have a squad that can probably do the same. Yeah, as I say, I just think... I. So let, let, let me phrase it this way. See, this time last summer, was anybody saying, oh, we need to get a guy like Cameron Carter-Vickerson? Nobody really knew him. He was a guy who'd been in loan for a Premier League club. He had six other clubs. He was almost a journeyman loan guy for his age. Nady was saying at the start of last year's transfer window, oh, we need to get Jota in. Jota's the type of player we need. They never knew that until he signed. Nady knew who Hugo was, even if they pretended did. And look how that turned out. So I don't think we can then be looking at this transfer window and saying, right, we want this guy, that guy, that guy. There's guys we're excited to blink with, fair enough, but I don't get this idea of being hugely disappointed. I think I would have been disappointed if I'd ever signed Jota and Carter Vickers permanently now, because I know the Carabella player. Um, but it's the same with, with um, uh, Bernabe coming in we don't really know much about him but we're taking it faith he's going to be good we know Moy's a good player he's low risk so I, I'm kind of I said no trying to be intentionally positive but I just I can't necessarily see the downside to it and I don't think um, to your point about the, the old system Celtic are never ever going to spend an exorbitant amount of money even Anne said that when his first press conferences he was aware he was never going to have this open checkbook to, to sign players, he has to build players and build teams. And I think he will, but that takes time. And the thing about it is, just be, even if he spent, say Ange spent £40 million this transfer window, it doesn't necessarily guarantee he's going to win the Europa League or win the Champions League or get to that point. Maybe if he spends £60, £70 million every year for 10 years, he get to that point. But that's not viable. So 
I can't be too critical of the money spent because I actually think we spent fairly well. And, and again, I'll caveat everything I'm saying by saying we've still got plenty of time in the transfer window. We still might sign another, you know, so-called marquee sign and a big player. Um, I suppose we're going to talk about um, Moritz Jens, but Nadine was talking about him weeks ago. He kind of came into blue, and, but because he's younger, everybody's kind of excited. But Moy, even though he's proven, Nadine's excited. It seems a, it seems an unusual sort of dynamic to me, but I see. I, I don't think we can be too critical of Celtic this transfer window. Um, and I've been super critical of them in the past, as you know, Kev, for being lacking ambitious. But I think we, we seem to back the manager, the type of player he wants. I think he's working with our system. And, and the thing is, as well, just before I pass back, I don't think you know having more experience in the squad is a negative thing either. Because Moy coming in, he can help other players through. He knows Angie, knows the system. Obviously, you've got Harry Kula in there as well, another big Aussie. You get, he can contribute other things off the park as well. So, again, I just think there's loads of, loads of stuff to be positive about without being particularly worried about the, the tactics we're employing in this transfer window. I, I, it's, not, it's not the tactics. Just when you mentioned pass-back there, eh? it's 30 years today that the pass-back rule was brought in. That you couldn't have passed back to the goalie. So there you go. James, you yeah. can never remember the days when they used to be able to pass back to the goalie, but that was 30 years today, eh, FIFA brought in that, that rule. AJSC technology. The kick-on might have been to buy four or five Jota or CCV level signings, but that's a 25 million investment on top of those two. So not realistic. And I think... It's not realistic in Scotland, but I think for somebody like me who wants European success, you have to have the structure there. And I've got to have full trust in the Celtic implementing the structure correctly and having the coach to implement the structure correctly and having the backup that we need to actually gain every single bit of advantage that we can. What I'm sitting here, uh, what I'm sitting here actually hoping for now is we we're, were probably never going to get it with the transfers, James. We were never going to get that. We were never going to get, as Brian says, a 40, 50 million pounds spend. But I'm actually sitting here hoping that Ange Postacoglu can give us so many 90 minutes in Europe that makes us believe that we can actually change the world. That's what we're hoping for. Eh? That's all we should really be hoping for. Eh? We were never going to get it with marquee signings. Yeah, we've been saying for weeks in the podcast, we're looking for progress in Europe and we were talking about our goals for next season. So you want to be able to give these big teams a good run for their money. And I just hope Celtic don't see being able to challenge these teams as a sell-to-invest sort of operation. We don't need to sell one or two good players to sort of improve our positions in the squad. You want to be able to have everybody on the park to properly give it a go. Definitely, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to bring up this comment for Peter, and I know Peter's Australian, and I didn't see this being a problem, Peter. I, I, I know what you're actually getting at here. If our moist passport says Netherlands and not Australia, what would the reaction be? Has he got a point, Brian? I know the point that he's trying to make, but I don't think the fact that Aaron Moy, well. Let's have a look at it. The only reason that Aaron Moy is at Celtic is because of the Australian connection. 
but I know what Peter's getting that. If we were bringing in a 32-year-old free transfer with the experience, the number of World Cup appearances is Aaron Moy, the number of international caps is Aaron Moy, the English Premier League experience as Aaron, Aaron Moy's actually got, would the reaction have been different? It's hard to say. I think that, if I'm being honest, I think it would now. Because we're... We feel the transfer system sort of has changed and it's shifted towards a sort of younger, more energetic um, sort of what's the best way? It's sort of young, ambitious signings. Guys we don't really know of, we're kind of excited by him, we're trusting the manager. And I think, actually, what I think is the reaction to Aaron Moy is almost a case of, like you said, Kev, people thinking, oh, Celtic have went backwards and we're signing like a McCarthy again. Or we're signing you know, a Freddie Lundberg, again, just someone to have because they happen to be known. And, and I don't think that's naturally accurate. And I don't think it's anything to do with the fact he's Australian. I mean, he played the Premier League, played in Scotland. Yeah, he spent a bit of time in China and he is only 31. But I, I, I have to say, I, I get the guy's point, but I would say that's inaccurate. It's not something I would agree with. I don't think it would matter. I think if, if it was, I don't know, if it was some other player that used to play in the Premier League that's now playing in China and we burn them in, I think the reaction would be probably much the same. Um, and I think the react- I think as well, though, what will balance it with is if we spent three million on Aaron Moy, then I could see people's point. But I think it's it's, it's a totally risk-free signing and I don't think the fact he's, he's an Australian is, is anything to do with it. I think it's maybe his age and the sort of the perceived lack of ambition with the signing. I think he's the issue and his nationality. I think Brian's spot on there, James. I think he is spot on. I think it's just people realising that Celtic are not going to change the habit of life thing. Have uh, people actually been comparing Aaron Moy to Will Flood? No, I just don't. I just, I, I just used that because both of them have got bald. Both of them are baldy. I just, it was the first, player, it was the first Celtic player I thought that I saw when I saw him holding up the jersey yesterday was Wolf Flood, and I'm not being serious when I made that comparison. See, Aaron Moy is he's still a good player. He's unless he, I said earlier, unless his standards have dropped off a cliff since the two years he was away from the Premier League then he should still be a good player for Celtic. And to have a player of his quality as a sort of rotation player is only going to improve the squad. I saw a comment in the chat that was something along the lines of another experience, but it's only experienced players go out the door this sort of summer beat on and Rogic going out. Bringing in another experience head isn't going to hurt. It's, it's not going to hurt whatsoever. And uh, the comments are backing that up. And Steve, Steve, Steve O'Matt, is that you, Steve O'Matt, man? What, what size of guns you've got in your avatar there, if, that's, if that is you? You must work out, mate. Uh, Moy makes more, more, more sense than McCarthy. The one, year, the, the one year we have an option of an extension is what McCarthy should have got. It's a win-win. Celtic reported it as a two-year deal, though, eh? I'm sure the Celtic website reported it as a two-year deal. That's the only bit that I've read. Uh, Aaron, Aaron somewhere in 2023. Well, so it is a year. Uh, it must be a year with an option then. And uh, Brian O'Neill, Moy is a model pro. He's not a big risk and brings a lot of positives to his squad. That's what backs you up, James. And Alex Burrow, a, normal, uh, a regular contributor, says, marquee signings guarantee nothing. 
he had to he had to spread that over two comments, and that and, and that that's true as well. Uh, Sheila Scott or Sheila Scott, not being negative, but I think we're still too slight as a team. Brian, you you mentioned uh, Moritz Jens there. He's a big fella, eh? Yeah, yeah, strong physical presence, um, good height at the back as well, uh, really aggressive in the tackle. Um, see the point about the physicality, it's something that I was sort of pushed back on a wee bit last year as well because people said well, we were bullied at times. I disagree. I think what happened was the midfield was disrupted at times and people were marked. I don't think we were battered off the wall. I think what we, 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 we don't have is, it keeps coming back to this point about the strong centre defensive midfielder, the Victor Wanyama type. We don't have that in the squad. And I think part of the, sorry to go back to Moy, but I think part of the disappointment is because people are looking at him and thinking he's the one that's going to perform that role. I don't think, I don't know if he's really ever played as a sort of ball winning midfielder. I think he's played slightly deeper at times. He's always played sort of middle to front in a sort of O'Reilly, Turnbull slighter role. Um, so I think uh, one of the commenters, I think it was Daniel, if it wasn't Daniel, I apologise, but she said that she thought we were getting a, a defensive midfielder and we still might. Animal isn't that. So that's just the thing I wanted to say about that. And again, the physicality, I, I think it's a wee bit overrated. I just think that it's the only area where we say I think we're physically we could be accused of being physically vulnerable is that holding midfield role because Callum McGregor's not the biggest. But then there was Scott Brown. I think if you get Turnbull and uh, O'Reilly, I think are both six foot. Carter Vickers is the only I think he's just six foot, but he's an absolute unit. You know, Ralston's not a big guy, but he's incredibly physical. Um, Yakimakis up front is is an absolute powerhouse. Mikiogo is slight, but he's a warrior. I've never seen him. You know he doesn't get bullied off. He gets tackled. He gets back up. He puts himself about. So uh, Maeda as well. He he runs so fast and so perfect. People would they be better players if they were six foot four? I, I don't think so. I think they just the concern is in maybe certain areas. That being the the defensive midfielder and the centre back. And as you say, the, the big James come in. Hopefully he he provides that physicality at the back. Um, but more so what Hope provides is that aerial threat that Julien provided, especially in the opposition box, because we don't score a lot of headers. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. That's where my criticism would be as opposed to the physicality. We're not the greatest in the air, especially in attack. So I think that's something that needs to be improved. Um, but again, I, just, I want to have to calm down. We don't know how it's going to look at the end of the transfer window and as the season progresses. And as I say, we were, we were relatively, if people want to say we were small last season, and I don't think that was the reason we... We Bodo Glunt scalped us last year and it wasn't because they were bigger and stronger. No, it's because they were better. Right. <laughs> because so, they were... Uh, uh, Aberdeen, for example, um, all big physical players, Mullow, and we, we slapped him about. So it, it's this idea of, you know, and people compare them to, you know, to, to the Rangers and say, oh, they, they bullied us. They won... They, what, they kicked us off the park, Brian. And that's a worry. That's what, that's that's what everybody no, That's not about being physical. That's about right. being nasty. That's about referees knowing that. They've still been doing that if we were all built like tanks. It doesn't make any aye. difference. So I, I just think 
there's a bit of a narrative forming that I, I have to say I don't agree with. I think it's perception and it's myth, and it's the fan. It's based on two Rangers games where like we drew one and we were we were okay for a period. Then they came on top, but that game they had to win. They threw everything at us at the last twenty five minutes and still didn't win. Uh, and the Cup semi-final, we had a Bobby Madden masterclass and how the boy Lundstrom never got sent off with six bookable offences will never be explained to me. Without... Again, sorry, Kev, just, to, just to, to add to that before you move on, the, the game where we smashed them at Parkhead, I think everyone's favourite game for last season, Hatati is like five foot seven, five foot eight. He ran that show. If mm-hmm. you're a foot taller, would that have made it a better game? So... I think it's just things to remember. I think sometimes it's easy to focus on the negatives and say, this is what we like, as opposed to this is what we offer, which is a wee life lesson as well. Don't think about the negatives, think about the positives. Definitely. Steve O'Mac comes in and says, indeed it is, mate. I'm in the gym now, actually, with Axon fueling the training. Rangers would have kicked him about even... I mean, we, we could, we could, the narrative is we could probably do about six or seven Steve O'Macs, man, in our team. James... <laughs> It seems that uh, Jens already knows quite a bit about Celtic. His best pal is Matt O'Reilly. His interview was very good. He managed to get Peter Grant in. He managed to get Andy Tallman. And he managed to say that he was he was linked with Celtic last year. Matt O'Reilly, his best pal. And he, and he mentioned the word, it seems to be destiny. Are we going to get a fairy tale with this guy that it was meant to be? Well, he's setting everything up for a fairy tale, so hopefully he can deliver on it. My favourite, I enjoyed the interview, but my favourite part about the whole sort of signing and unveiling was on his Instagram, he gave a, a special shout out to CEO Mr Michael Nicholson and his Instagram <laughs> post, I, I particularly enjoyed that. But he signed from, is it Lorien or Lorien? I'm not too sure Aye. the pronunciation of it, but it seems like he's going to be a squad player, but again, like Aaron Moy, is going to provide real competition, that's... Exactly what we need in centre back in my opinion. I don't think we need to spend six million pounds on a new centre back as much as we could better spend it in different positions at the club. We don't need to spend that much money on a centre back. They apparently mm-hmm. had a bad season last season, but we should really try and judge them on how they play at Celtic, as we've been saying. I mean Edward had a poor season on one at Toulouse, and then Aye. he came in and has been one of our best players the last 10, 15 years. I think Lorien were absolutely ranked rotten last year as well, Brian. Eh? I don't think they had a very good season. So I'm not going to judge it. I mean, it's like us judging uh, John Joe Kenny and Shane Duffy and <laughs> coming to our, coming to our club that season. Uh, I mean, we are playing in the John Joe the John Joe Kenny Cup in November when we go to Australia, right enough. But Shane Duffy, you look at Shane Duffy last year for Brighton utterly and peerless man, he, he was utterly fantastic. He was just the, the right guy at the wrong time. And a lot of players are like that. Absolutely. And we, we, we need to uh, remember is uh, he was linked last year, Jens. Aye. Poster Coggles also had his eye on him and he's pushed to get him in. Um, I think Jens even admitted that in his, his interview, he said. Um, so he, what you're looking at there is he sees and sees the potential in a player there. And he's going to try and mould him and get him to train and play his team plays. And that is what makes it work. As you say, I, I mentioned Jordan and Carter Vickers that when they, you know, set the world alight before they came to Celtic. They weren't the good, not they weren't the good players, but they found a home here and they found an environment they can thrive. Look at Ralston. You know, everyone in the world dropped him off. And then Ange came in and look what he did with him. So 
I think if Van sees it, we trust in him. And I say the same about, about Moy. One of the things I liked about Big James in his interview um, was the fact that he will a couple of things. One, the fact they said he was Matt O'Reilly's best pal. <laughs> and I just think, imagine they turn a night out. If I was ever out with my missus and I saw they two, I would run, I'd move to another pub because you have no <laughs> chance, would you? You should leave you. Um, and I like the fact you mentioned, because sometimes when players sign for Celtic, they're obviously brief before to say, well, I did watch Celtic games or I've always known about the club and it's a bit cookie cutter. But I love the fact you mentioned Peter Grant and Andy Tom. I thought, uh, like my new dear for me, I love that. You also, you also I know. does know a bit. And, and I think he seems to buy, it seems the fact he knows Matt O'Reilly and Post Covenant knows then by extension what type of guy he is, he'll fit in well with the team and, and I think he'll be a success. And I actually think he'll, he'll come in to, to, to fight strongly for competition. I don't think he'll be there to, to, to make up numbers. Um, I agree with you there and, and when you're talking about his interview as well you get signing bingo don't you and they usually mention the Sabutio team I had, I had Celtic as my Sabutio team when I was a laddie or something like that but when he was mentioning Peter Grant the first thing that was going through my mind was I reckon he already knows the fields are from right I reckon he already knows that song is so he's going to fit in well in, in the dressing room and hopefully we can actually turn him into a player and hopefully I mean it's a, a loan with an option to buy James and we've done alright out of that Last season, like how much fears? Nah, we don't know that that hasn't been uh, that hasn't been hasn't been disclosed. But welcome the two two guys, and I say I will only judge them on what they do as a Celtic player. I won't judge them on anything else. Um, I'm just having a wee look at the comments. Somebody came in at the comments there. I've lost it to say that Winfield bet Bodo Bodo Glunt last night in the Champions League qualifiers. I don't know if that. Yeah, they did 1-0. They bet them. Was that in... The February result for us looked even worse. Was that in Belfast, James? Yep. I reckon Bodo will take four or five off them in Norway. Guaranteed Bodo will take four or five off them in Norway. Um, Brown Warrior, usual. Kev, have you tried drinking sweet beachums before you host Axon? Cheer up. We are champions and in the Champions League. I'm glad that we're champions, but I never look forward to the Champions League. Uh, I never look forward to the Champions League because I do fear that we get some hidings, but I'm willing to have the hope that Ange Postacoglu gives us some 90 minutes that we will never, never forget. And somebody else comes in and asks, Stephen Haggerty comes in and asks, Kevin, are you sure you're a Tim? I don't know, but that's coming for Lads, we're playing Legia Warsaw tonight in the Holy Goalies testimonial game. Uh, right, I'm going to get the negativity out the way right away. Right, I didn't want Arthur playing in goals for Celtic. I didn't, I didn't want any of this rubbish when he actually plays forty-five minutes for Celtic, which has been which has been spoke about. Let's do it as a test. If he's going to play for Celtic, let's well, the last five minutes. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want it turning into an absolute farce. I want to see, I want to see the team get a decent run out the night against a decent, decent side. And I didn't want any of this nonsense. Like I remember the Peter Beardsley testimony. No, it was Alan Shearer testimony. We had to give away a penalty so he could score. Or was that the Peter Beardsley? Can I remember? Roy Keane as well. Remember Roy Keane's? Uh, he done that one half for Celtic, one half for Man U. Um, that was a testimony as well. Or was that a testimony? Or just a charity? It was a test. I, I can't remember what one it was. The best ones in Newcastle was a very, very drunk at the actual time and I can't remember what testimonial it was I think it was Beardsley I'm sure it was Beardsley anyway it's a decent test the, cl- uh, the club have, are using this for the team to get used to actually travelling to midweek games and come back so they get into a sort of routine James uh, 
I fully expect to see a strong team for 60 minutes tonight. I fully yeah. expect the same as what we've done against Blackburn. The Blackburn game, once we made the changes, Blackburn became the better team. But I thought up and told about that. We absolutely wiped the flare with them. And I would expect to see that again for Celtic tonight. We'll see virtually a first 14 in the sixth in the in the first 60 minutes, James. Yeah, because like a Warsaw that are a sort of bigger European team, you would expect to see like a Warsaw in the Europa League competitions like that. I'm pretty excited for the game because after Boruch, he he was my first ever favourite Celtic player growing up. Him and him and Nakamura my first ever favourite player, so it's a bit crazy that he's retiring now. But I'm just really excited to see what happens. We need to go with a strong team, as Kevin said. Is there still issue tickets for the game? Because I saw that there was issues with the price and people weren't too happy with the price. And I don't know if that's they got it reduced. I think so. I think I think they got it reduced. Day, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I have, I have, a, I, I, I have a. Whoops, I'm going to say that I've actually, I've actually forgot what was, what was going to actually say there. Um, aye, Brian, what do you expect to see tonight? And I'll try and remember what I was going to say. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of think what you said. I think we see a, a strong team um, up to a point, and then he maybe give some fringe players a, a game. I, I think we've been really smart this pre-season in terms of the teams we've packed the the level we've picked in the travelling, I think it's been quite shrewd. Um, I have to disagree with you slightly, Kevin, that I can't wait for the, the Champions League games. This, but I think that's more of a caveat on I can't wait this year because I still think we're going to take a couple of scalps. Um, but I think about progress. And uh, I've got to say, I saw some a lot of kind of negativity after the Blackburn Rovers game. I thought we battered them. I thought some of the sure football was excellent. I really, like, I was so, like, obviously, Derek Sainz didn't lose a goal, right, brilliant, but I thought we were excellent. I really, really do, and I think that, obviously, the changes disrupted it, and it changed the full team, and, you know, that can happen, but I really, really thought we, we were looking, looking really good, and I think this whole pre-season we've looked really, really sharp, so, um, and, and I think, I mean, Jota, I think, has improved already quite a bit for last season. I think he, he's, he's looked really, really, really strong, so, I kind of wait for the game tonight, actually. Um, I wouldn't tell you my favourite memories of Big Arthur because I've done that on Friday and I, I rambled for ages about some of the, the funny stuff he's done. So go back and watch that. But, but yeah, I, I think it's a really good test for us getting into the, the Champions League. And I think, as you say, I think we'll start to see um, not necessarily the strongest 11. Well, you made a good point, actually, when I was talking about strongest 11. I think Ange has a strongest 16. Aye. So I think they will rotate a bit. But I think you start to see the bones of the team that's likely to be you know, the sort of main team, if you will. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, th- I think when I say that I didn't look forward to the Champions League is because it's always in the back of my mind that well, there's a chance in that you could actually get an utter scalping in the Champions League. And um, and But I've never seen this team in the Champions League and I really, I really have to believe I really, really have to believe that Ange Postacoglu can turn us into a European force and make the nights that we had under Brendan Rodgers and to the latter end of Neil Lennon's um, like a thing of the past. But I've still got things like Copenhagen, Ferris Varos and all of that fresh in my, em- in my memory. So I'm all... I Bodo Glint as well. So I've all, uh, that's always in the back of my mind. I do feel a lot more comfortable going into the Europa League because I do think that is our level and that's mainly due to the fact that we play in Scotland. Aye, you get to the Champions League, but when was the last time you really had fun in the Champions League? Three each with Man City. 
that that that, that was a decent night. Eh? So I'm all, I, I know that I'm no looking forward to the Champions League. I just always have a wee bit of doubt when we go into it. Paddy Laverty comes in as, as we just round up for this evening. Big Hartson was raging. I think he's talking about the game in Newcastle Blackburn. there. But, but uh, uh, with Blackburn. Yeah, it was another Blackburn game he was talking about, about some of the tactics for the Blackburn players. Maybe All I'm right. Not, uh, I'm pretty sure Hartson was, was a bit through in there. We're kicking nonsense, to be fair. Aye. That's true, actually. That seems to be a thing. Well, good prep, good, good preparation pre- pre- for the SPFL starting. Pre-season games, eh? Studs Lanigan does remind me that Beardsley came on and he missed the penalty. Aye, that's true, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And Brian Watt comes in. And no, I'm no, I'm no a blowhard and I, and I didn't want to take the fun completely out of football. But if there is a penalty the night, a genuine penalty, no a penalty that's engineered, you have to let Big Arthur take it, don't you? I just want I just want this to be a genuine game. Lads, it's been utterly brilliant the day we've been on for. That's an hour and three minutes we've been actually on. Uh, overtime, Graham. I want overtime. You want overtime? Well, we'll speak to the gaffer, eh? Speak to the gaffer. <laughs> I, I don't sign the overtime sheets anymore. <laughs> uh, on the day, please like and subscribe this broadcast on the day that the BBC just basically became a groveling sniffling Rangers podcast with a with an apology that they shouldn't have ever gave to the most despicable football club in world football just behind Rapid, just in front of Rapid Vienna just in front of Rapid Vienna uh, so we need you more than ever, so there's a launch for a state of mind in Edinburgh on Saturday if you are in Edinburgh in the St James's Quarter, I'm going to be there doing some more performance stuff if you liked what I've done earlier on uh, Paul will be back this evening with some match day content I don't know, I think he'll, he'll be starting, I think he'll be starting at Half past four, I think he's going to start the match day content tonight. And everybody, 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 just dunny be bams to each other, eh? And we'll speak to you all later. Cheers. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details as the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.